Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Each week, we sit down to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica. Now, I've seen them all, but my good pal Matt has only seen up to the one we are covering. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 4, Episode 9, The Hub. Welcome home, Deanna. You told me I'd never have to go through this again. I lied. You thought you were putting me away forever. So what changed? War. A genuine Cylon civil war. Ones and fours and fives against twos and sixes and eights that objected to your retirement. Now your supporters are working with humans against all the rest of us. All in your name. And we're back. It's only been a month and a week or something. It's been like four or five (laughs) weeks at this point. So the first thing I want to do, Matthew, is I want to tell all of the good people in Battlestar Galactica recommissioned land that I appreciate their support in this time, death in the family, untimely, and uh, it really interrupted scheduling. Uh, Death is never timely, but it was utterly unexpected and quite shocking to be frank. Uh, I can assure you everyone is doing their best at this point. But um, it definitely impacted scheduling, so I appreciate uh, some flexibility I got from Matt, some help from Colin of the Midnight Double Feature Show. And uh, now we're back to Recommissioned. It's been too long. This is my third recording after not doing a recording for about 17 days, which is really weird for me. Uh, The last time I had that much time off, I was in Florida, and I don't even think I had that much time off. And uh, here we oh, are. So. so yeah, we recorded. So so as of now, as of February 27th, 2020, 1039 p.m. Eastern, I have recorded True Romance X-Files, uh, episode DPO, which is great. Giovanni Rabisi and Jack Black are in that one. And now I am Ooh. doing uh, Battlestar Galactica, season four, episode nine, The Hub. So we're coming up on number three. All the rust should be out at this point outside of the rust of having not watched the show in a while. So I definitely reread the synopsis for um, for <laughs> Guess What's Coming to Dinner because that's more relevant than the sine qua non, right? Because they, yeah. they did that little, we're going to not visit these characters again. And I watched this particular episode twice. And um, hopefully we can muddle our way through this with a little bit of help from our <laughs> listeners who, who put in some comments this week. And, uh, Good questions, too. And our yeah. boy, uh, Tommy Brinkley, by the way, henceforth known as T-Dog. Um, he was, mm, like he was talking, we were chatting, and he was like, yeah, my name's not, not, not quite that black, is it? And I was like, well, <laughs> we can just go T-Dog, because, you know, you'd be the first black guy with that one. <laughs> which <laughs> R.I.P. Walking Dead. Which, of course, T-Dog. he thought was hilarious, because clearly there's been a million T-Dogs, but he, he was like, I'll take T-Dog. So now he's going to be known as T-Dog. <laughs> our resident Battlestar Galactica expert. He's quickly becoming the the uh, Ben Prue of our recommissioned group. And uh, I just want to say thanks again to him for posing a couple questions, which I want to get to at the outset here, Matthew. Ooh, yeah. And let me go ahead and minimize this before I end up clicking the recording off by action. Let me maximize that. There we go. Okay, people. Let me drag that over here. Woo, three monitors, Matt. Getting wild. Oh my God. Getting, Getting wild. too wild over there. All right. So uh, he he asked you, basically, he said to, to you, Matthew, he said, what are the odds that Baltar makes to the end of the series, right? Because of the whole 
looks like you're going to live again thing, she says. And then he asked me, by the way, you get the easy question, don't you? I sure do. And I get the, this, <laughs> this, this is the one T, T drops on me. What's the significance of any of the passage of the book, Sea Rider Falcon, that Adama reads to Roslyn? Thanks. <laughs> All right. I want that paper on my desk no later than tomorrow night. Thanks, T. Appreciate that, pal. I want that blue book filled out. Fuck. Um, which is, so we will, we will get to that. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that passage. Now it can percolate in our minds. It can percolate in your mind, listener. And then we can talk about it a little bit when we get to the listener comments. So here is the passage from the book. Then I dug into the stump and pulled rocks from the ground until my fingers bled. I collected seeds from the few fruits the island offered and planted them in long, straight furrows, like the ranks of soldiers. When I finished, I looked at what I had done. I did not see a garden. I saw a scar. This island had saved my life, and I had done it no service. There you go. So there you go. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And clearly not picked accidentally, <laughs> right? So cool. Yeah, Very cool. Think on that and that's a tough question and, and a good question and a thought provoking question. So I appreciate the challenge and hopefully we can rise to the occasion and not disappear. Should I, should I answer my question now or save it later? Go for it. Nah. Balthar's <laughs> dead. Um, you know, if you'd asked me before this, watching this episode, I would have said, yeah, I think he probably will. But with what they've set up with Baltar in this episode, I think, no, I don't think he's going to make it. Um, we only have, what, 10 or 11 episodes left? It's not much. Um, but I, yeah, with this revelation and the way it is framed and the way you know, re- Rosalind reacts to it, I, I think the show isn't going to try and like fully redeem uh, Baltar at this point. Like, it seems like they kind of are hammering home the fact that, you know, um, she, I think it might have also been Tommy. I need to find the the comment, but... I think it was another way of hammering home the narcissism behind some of his whole religious beliefs of like, oh, I just feel so good because God forgives all and I did the worst fucking thing of any person alive. Oh, thank goodness. I'm I'm forgiven. Like I it does feel like a like it's it's wow. the utilitarian. That's interesting. Take I took on, that I took it a little differently. I'm looking forward to the our discussion on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, no, why, why don't we just do it? We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. Um yeah, like I to, well to be honest, uh, before I even go too far down that, one of my hiccups in this episode, I'm not even saying I dislike uh this aspect, but I did find it kind of, I kind of struggled with it watching it. Um is the way it treats Baltar as a whole in this episode. This is one of the very few times where I actually kind of had the feeling of like I don't know if Baltar's this seems a little out of character for him. A, a few moments in this episode, him just being, you know, unhinged and starting to yell a lot and kind of acting really goofy with with the the centurion and you know talking to the hybrid the way he was like it felt it he almost felt like comedic relief in this episode and i was like dude that's i a agree weird, i agree that's a weird fucking pivot from where we've just been with him yep um i agree yeah i i, I kind of it i'm not gonna lie it took me out of this episode a little bit like i kind of struggled to 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 get into this episode. I, I still think there's so much good shit here that I, you know, I can't wait to talk about. Lots of good. But that that threw me a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I haven't felt that way about a BSG episode in quite a while. Um, yeah, I I think there I, I think this episode is not greater than the sum of its parts. I think its parts are greater than the sum of it. 
Mm, I agree. Yeah. Um, like, I like the episode. So let's start there. It's not a dislike yeah. for me. It's a definitely a like for me. It's a, oh, it's a solid like. Um, it is not love for me. And we, we you know, and I'm, I even feel like I'm at this point of like, through our discussion, I might, my like of it might grow, but I'm not sure if I'm ever going to quite love this episode. Right. Um, I, for one, enjoy the Baltar stuff with Rosalind when he is wounded. Um, I actually yeah. think there's some good discussion points to be had there. Um, I, I might, I think I feel a little differently than you do, but I would say I'm in lockstep with you in terms of some of his moments with the Cylon, some of his moments with, with a Centurion Cylon and some of his moments with a hybrid. I thought it, I don't know if they're going for levity amongst pretty heavy material. I mean, seeing what, what appears to be Rosalind at the end of her life, um, bringing back Deanna. I love, I think that, I think that I, I love Deanna. I think she's awesome. Oh yeah. She has, Happy to see her back. she's has such presence about her. Um, and she's got this, you know, it's funny to think about her and con- I like to compare and contrast her to six because six has that sort of deadly, <sighs> we, we've talked about six ad nauseum about, you know, the way she carries herself, her presence, of course, her appearance, her ability to use her sensuality and her sort of languid, uh, ease of making people just, you know, fall. I mean, it's, it's, she's fucking Helena of Troy, Right. Right. <laughs> uh, quite quite metaphorically as it were. <laughs> disarming. Yeah, right? disarming presence. I mean, she is the she is the person who in who she's the person who successfully infiltrated and duped Gaius, which we can't forget about, into giving up information he shouldn't have given up, right? Oh, definitely. And then yeah. there's and then there you know, it, she's so she has I, I feel like Deanna has more of a a playful wickedness to her. That's the best way I'll yeah. say it. She she has a playful wickedness to her. She she's like a a drow elf to me, like a dark elf, right? She there's a wickedness to her. That's but also got a whimsiness to her as well. It's interesting. Yeah, it's different than yeah. six, but it, and I like that dynamic that she brings to the show, and I'm glad to see that she's back. Plus, yeah, sitting on yeah. crazy information, dude. Yeah, so much. Um, and I'm not gonna lie that that little joke of hers did get me at first too. I felt just like <laughs> Rosalind for a second there. I was like, "Oh shit, is that real?" And then she just fucking scoffs, and I'm like, "Oh bitch, fucking, fucking giving us both a heart attack." The the aforementioned playful wickedness. So there, there there's some of this stuff with her. Um, they they're the standout moments this week to me. Probably some of the Hilo. I, I like I like some yes, of the Hilo dude. stuff. I like Rosalind and and Gaius. I think Adama and Rosalind is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Love the ending. Love uh, amazing ending. Uh, it's really yeah. it's that's a heart that's tugs on the heartstrings. If you're See, that's if, that's if, if you're like, a human I'll being, never, if you're a human being, totally. that tugs on your heartstrings. I'll never dislike this episode. I mean, the ending is just it's strong. Like it's just great. Of course, it's it's what I was dying to see. Um, so much, so much good shit there. And honestly, one of my favorite moments in the entire episode is that awkward moment of Hilo getting the little shoulder rub from, you know, another awesome. six or another eight um, uh, and being like, wait, no, no, no. That is something she learned, but that is between us. And she's, well, you know, I just casually accessed her memories. Like that. And it, it's what's so great about that is there's so many just layers to that moment of, 
it makes him question again, I think for a second about like, well, who do I love and what does that mean? But then also kind of like coming back to the reality of like, no, Athena is actually her own person or an individual, sure. but technically these things can still access her memories. It's it's kind of like they're they're peeking into your computer folder. It's like it's not like, you know, they become you and steal your identity, but they can they can look at it. They can look at your private moments and they can still access that. Well, what's wild about a, ooh, that like, is that gets super philosophical because now you're starting oh, yeah. to talk about, well, if I have the memory thus the experience because experience is just memory, right? Right. It gets real weird. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It gets that, real that's, weird. weird. That's the kind of sci-fi. That's the kind of shit that sci-fi can do that no other genre can mm-hmm. do. And when I see, when I catch moments of it like that, you know, in shows like this, like reminds you of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like it's ask it asks total recalls about I. Oh yeah, one hundred percent memory and identity and how they're connected and what that means and how does that make you feel about yourself? And I'm like, oh, that's good shit. Like you can just see it wash over Hilo as he's like, I fucking feel weirded out by this. Yeah, it's fucking. Uh, it's it's weird to think though, about. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's interesting to think about things like memory and identity. Um, also, also, you know, big topics of discussion amongst philosophers and psychologists and scientists and all and and, and everyone in between. <clears throat> excuse me, but this idea of if I snatch a memory away from you involving this great experience you had with your mom picking strawberries in South Carolina, does it now preclude the fact that it basically doesn't exist because the existence of that moment has gone anyway? Mm. It's weird, right? Because, you know, yeah. uh, let's let's assume you you the memory's not there for you. Like that's... You know, yeah. that, that's why I think all, th- all, all time, I don't know, I never pronounce it right, Alzheimer's is so devastating. Yeah. I think because oh, it totally. rips away you, your person, your, your actual identity and, and yeah, your memory and thus your life. It's almost like taking your life away in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's weird. That's without getting too uh, off into the woods on a subject matter I have no expertise in, to, to bring it back to Battlestar Galactica, it's interesting to think about. I accessed her. It's not, there's, there's accessing memories, but it's not like she's opening a folder on Windows 10 and reading them. She's going, and now they're in her head. Now they're her memories, like she says. That's a fascinating yeah, she, idea. She, she has those memories as if she experienced those things. Yeah. Which means, which means what? Then she experienced well, them. I mean, yeah. Right? That she That's probably what's so fucked had up an, about it. Exactly. Like, and for one, I'm sure she had an instantaneous fondness for Hilo. From that point on, no question. Like, she understands what it's like to be in love with him and care about this person. And, like, you know, she's not gonna, I mean, like, and it's it, what I also think is another interesting, like, layer to that is that for a Cylon, they still think nothing of doing that. Like, that's not an invasion of privacy. That's not thing wrong. That's not a, that's not a, you know, breaking a rule. And for, for human beings, we're like, well, get the fuck out of my head. Like, sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you can't just come in <laughs> into my brain and take part of my experience that is, that is mine, that is like something very private and intimate. Uh, because that's what I, I think was also so great about that. There wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a memory like, oh, I know where you always keep your favorite pin because I had now have your wife's memories. Like, no, no, no. It's, I know how you like to be touched. Like, that's something so private, so intimate. Like, no other person, no other human knows that about and, and between the two of them. And, and, and I don't mean to keep beating this dead horse, and it's not even like, I know how you want to be touched. Yeah, it is. It's literally that. But it's also, yeah. I know how to touch you because I've touched you. Right. That's right. fucking yeah. wild. That's the, that's the head trip to me, is, is the idea that you, you essentially have lived that experience. 
outside yeah. of observing anything in the present without getting wacky with timelines, outside of outside of you experiencing the thing in the moment, watching yourself experience the thing, which again, you can we're, we're getting into metaphysics, but you could just say like three days later, it's as just as good as if you had actually done it. And what difference does it make after the moment passes? If you can literally transplant memory. It's right. wild. Total recall. It, the, the only time it gets right, the only time that gets funky is if it's if you're trying to learn a skill. Like that's something I've always found interesting. There's this role-playing game, yes, chalk me up for one nerd point, called Cyberpunk, <laughs> which of course is based on the genre essentially invented by William Gibson uh, of Neuromancer. And yeah. And it's and it's essentially this idea in in the in the cyberpunk genre, and there's going to be a video game coming out, so it, it is pretty relevant. Cyberpunk 2020, when I was a kid, what's that tell you? Now it's 2077. So Cyberpunk <laughs> was a game where you had these neural implants, and you could take a neural, you could take a chip, much like the Matrix. Matrix borrowed from a lot of these things. Yes, it did, and upload memories and skills into your head. Now that gets interesting because. The skill is, what about Kung muscle? Well, well, yeah, what about muscle <laughs> memory? Go. How right. does that operate? Is it just bang, you have it? Because, yeah, I might have this experience of knowing how to rub helos back, but do I have this experience of how I learned how to shoot archery? And does that, is, is muscle memory, is, that, is repetition required? I, I would believe repetition probably is required, but I don't really know because it's all done by the fucking brain. And if your brain gets this dump into you through a neural implant and it just forges all these neural pathways between your mind and your nervous system and your muscles, can you do it? You know, it's weird. It's fucking wacky to think about that shit. Um, I think altered carbon tackles some of this stuff, but I'm not really sure. So yeah, I like, I I like it. I'm glad you brought it up because it's such an interesting topic that's just kind of brushed past, not brushed past. Like they spend time on it and we get a sense that Hilo is a bit freaked out by it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to imagine, that's still something he struggles with, especially just from, like, the social pressure of the rest of the the crew and the fleet of, like, I'm the one guy married to a Cylon in the fleet. And so as much as he can get used to it and come to terms with it and feel okay about it, it's little moments that, like, this with another of the same model where he goes, he probably is like, ah, oh, fuck, like, yeah, they're Cylon. She's a Cylon. Like, ah, oh, you're never gonna forget that you're never gonna be allowed to be fully comfortable and just feel confident and like she is who she is i'm who i am and that's that like now there's like it's mm-hmm. a little more complicated than that and it, and, it, and it's got to be very challenging for her because as she so succinctly says they are as real as my own now regarding her memories now she has feeling remember feeling emotion is 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 attributed to memory Right. Yeah. So emotionally, she is now connected to him, even though he might not quite be connected to her outside of her appearance. But that's where things get weird. If it's if I made a carbon copy of your girlfriend, Matt, and you interacted with her one day and the other one another day, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Right. That's wild. It's wild. Freaky. Yeah, man. But it's cool. It's it raises lots of interesting questions, and I and I like this and. And do I think there's time to explore this with what's remaining? When you said 10 episodes or whatever, I was like, holy shit, I think you're right. And I think you're fucking yeah, we're right. we're close, man. We're fucking That's close. That's wild because the last, ep- the, la- the the final is two episodes, I think. Isn't there, isn't, okay. it, this isn't, 
I thought there was a, a half though. No? Uh, I don't know. No. I, I, don't. I, I, I ain't looking ahead at all. No, I ain't looking at episode titles or nothing. I think, yeah. I think you're right, dude. That's wild. I just know there's about 20 to 22 per season. So I'm like, we're good. We're, we're about yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. No, you're right. Let's see. I'll tell you how many are left. Da, 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 da. One, two, three, four, five, six. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Try that again. One, two, three, four. That makes eight. That makes 12. There's 12 left, but the last one's a three parter. So there's kind of, oh, there's three kind of nine left. Hot damn. Yeah. That's <laughs> oh. wild. We are fucking so close. Yeah, so probably not much, but yeah, I do I do like that part of this episode. Um what do you think of well, what what other things what did you did you want to talk about uh, in this episode? I, I think we should probably get to Rosalind and her visions and what that means and how we can interpret death. Yeah. Boy, I have that's a, a pretty open topic to me. I am not quite sure what to make of it. Honestly, my my first like knee jerk thought because it's happening during the jumps was that in those jumps, like when, when they go to, you know, to, to light speed that it makes me think, are they passing through some like, you know, it's almost like I, it made me think of the fly in a weird way of like, once Mm. you are teleporting and your molecules, your, your atoms have been pulled apart and are being transferred somewhere else. How, where are they existing in that space in between? Like, what is that? The multiverse. Um, them into the multi there's ant-man oh boy uh but f- fucking like it makes me go did they it because of Rosalind's you know strange role of being like she is sort of this like quasi-religious figure now and she has gotten some pretty legitimate visions and dream shit i'm like okay this stuff seems to be pretty real any way you cut it at this point like who knows what it's coming from doesn't confirm whether it's one god or god's but there's definitely some spiritual shit happening. And once they 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 go into the light speed and then she's there among the, you know, the the like stripped down version of Galactica, I'm like, is this some like parallel dimension shit? Or is it purely like in the in this in-between state when they're jumping, is she even more accessible to like whatever the god in this universe is? Like that's Maybe. like sending her more visions. Maybe. Like and that's the only thing I can think of is that, yeah, like, you know. If this is Elosha, like she's there. She was her spirit guide while she is alive, her little her shaman priestess. And here she is giving her basically, I don't know, the ghost of Laura Palmer's future. <laughs> uh, but fuck, man, I, I am still not 100% sure how to interpret this. Um, because I still get the feeling that she, I mean, she's dying, right? Like, I, it, to be honest, yeah. Again, if you'd if you'd asked me before this episode, I'm like, yeah, Gaius makes it to the end, and and Rosalind doesn't. Like maybe she dies in within the final episode or two, like somewhere within the the conclusion, but that she dies, like that she fulfills the prophecy. Because I'm like, at this point, there's so much evidence that the prophecy, in some way or another, is true. Like we're getting a lot of confirmation of that. Uh, but with the my belief now that Baltar is probably not going to make it just with the way the show is kind of treating him and now that we kind of had this renewed hope at the end of the episode with Rosalind I don't know what to make of her visions here man um but also yeah this is this is another area of the episode I feel a little like odd about um just the amount of time we spend with with Rosalind having these visions with Alasha having this kind of like this realization about you know she's she's not living life she's committing herself too much to this cause and to the you know the prophecy and the idea of all these things and she's not being a person and not letting other people in 
I kind of felt like it was a it was a long way to go and a whole lot of words just to be like, yeah, you should just let yourself be in love with Bill. <laughs> you know? Um, it's another one of the things that kind of it doesn't rub me the wrong way, but I'm a little I kind of make kind of makes me raise my eyebrow a little bit. I'm like, did she need that much convincing? Well, here's some of the you know, dialogue. Okay. She says, don't you just hate these people, right? This is Elosha. Right. So Elosha plays this interesting role in this. This, uh, Yeah. Sort She's of, kind of devil on her shoulder a little uh, bit. She maybe. It's like, it's, it's like a, or, or, or a spirit guide, you know? And, and she's saying, but you don't love them. And then she says, they're kind of the closest thing you have to family. And she says, you are their president. You um, watch them care for each other. And she's like, you haven't robbed them of their empathy yet. Yeah. You don't love people, she says. It's interesting because we're we're talking about practical enough for you, Madam President, right? She's talking about practicality. And and it's funny because if we think of Rosalind as of late, she has been very self-involved, rightfully so, with a, a pretty grim diagnosis. In addition to getting closer to this prophetic thing and thus tuning everything else out. Um, so I've been thinking about this part of this episode because it is kind of wacky and weird. And I've been thinking about the quote from the book. Then I dug into the stump and pulled rocks from the ground until my fingers bled. I collected seeds from the few fruits the islands offered and planted them in long straight furrows like the ranks of soldiers. When I finished, I looked at what I had done. I did not see a garden. I saw a scar. This island had saved my life and I had done it no service. Is that connected here? Right? If you think about that, it's, it's... it's, you know, without, could we say metaphorically that Rosalind is digging into the ground until her feeders, until her fingers bleed? Is Rosalind collecting the seeds from the few fruits offered from this crazy quest of hers? Is she the one planting these straight furrows like the ranks of soldiers? I know that's soldiers' pieces on the nose, but when she is finished, she looks at what she done. Did she see a garden or a scar, right? Is, is, this, the love, right. is this the love part of that? Um, this island had saved my life and I didn't know service is, is the island sort of a metaphor for, for, for the personnel of the Galactica? Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought about it that way. Is it, is it more personal race? Yeah. Is it more personal with the love piece between, between her and bill? Um, this island had saved my life and I had done it no service. Is that, is that what is, is that what's listed at the outset of the episode? And then, her saying I love you sort of trumps this this passage. Like she overcomes this passage, which the island could the island be the metaphor for Bill that saved her life and I had done him no service. We, we start making well, it a little honestly, more personal. My, my first thought with that passage was more it sounds like the idea of a uh, of a leader putting something to you know putting seeds in the ground for future you know uh production like for you know for future descendants for the sake of you know other people down the line but not really receiving much of themselves the island saves their life but they they've toiled and they they've really scarred up the island but they what are they toiling for they're toiling to grow something you know they're toiling to to farm. You know essentially that's what it, that's what yeah, it sounds if you, like. So I'm like the, the literal passage. It appears yeah. The literal if you if you if you take the passage outside of Battlestar Galactica, it sounds like somebody who toiled. Sounds like castaway. Sure, they toiled and bled. They planted seed. They look what they did. They did not see a garden. They saw a scar. Now now those two sentences are fascinating to me. I didn't see a garden. I saw a scar. This island saved my life, and I had done it no service. 
Yeah, that's, see, that's just the, that's interpretation. That hangs me up. That's just yeah, interpretation. Exactly. Maybe with the right perception, you do see a garden and not a scar. And may, and that's kind of what I was right. getting at with Bill at the end. Maybe Bill is a scar right now, and at the end, he suddenly is a garden. I'm not sure. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the perception yeah. of what you believe you're doing. Obviously, the island doesn't really I mean. If you look at each passage and talk about it literally, you know, fingers bleeding because, of course, this this means hard work, collecting seeds. Um, you know what? It, it kind of reminds me of that thing Bill said back. I guess we, we talked about this last week too, or the last episode. Um, uh, when Bill re- re- was talking about the idea of does humanity deserve a second chance? Does right. it deserve to be fought for and lived, you know, and to survive? And it makes me wonder if the island, this idea of the island, or or you know, preparing the island for for future people living there, is it just a whole metaphor for humanity and like? you know, putting down agriculture, putting down roots and seeds to try and make a future even possible. But are you just scarring all of existence with humanity's efforts? Like, and, and I, I could, I could imagine Rosalind thinking about that and thinking about like, oh, you know, we're, 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 we're doing so much and fighting so hard to preserve the human race and keep them alive. But it, are, are we damaging more than we're, we're saving? Um, I don't know. It makes me. Yeah. It may, for me, I, I'm interpreting it more in like the wider picture because I, I think of less personal. Uh, of, yeah, yeah. Well, and also of any character on the show, I think Rosalind is the one who, who I, I think I'm speaking for her, not necessarily how the show portrays her, but like I, th- I, I imagine her own internal thoughts about all of this. That she's probably this the person on the show who thinks about larger visions of the world like that of like what are we contributing for the future here and now like how what is my role in mm-hmm. the larger story of history um, like i think she's a person who thinks about that a lot there's also the fact um, that bill's reading it so it could be more relevant to him than her see, that's, I agree. that's not yeah. to say that's not part of her it could be something as stupid as like you know we're i'm gonna have to you know is it is it you know we know they're looking for for we know they're looking for earth we know is it is it is the is the island a metaphor for for the fleet for the ship for the for the people and i don't know it's tough to say it it seems it it seems as if it seems as if it's a, it's a passage written with some guilt right it saved my life i had done it no service and i had right. done it no service so something that you worked on perhaps in vain that saved your life and you did it no service in other words, you just served yourself, which is maybe why you see the scar, and and that's it. You know, it could be a self-serving yeah, you feel thing guilty too. about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's cool, though, but maybe more will pop up as you go along. So those are just some thoughts I had about it as we're talking. It. And uh, yeah. Good, so, on you. Good on you, Tommy, for making us scratch our heads. Yeah, so, but but back to her, is it, so that passage aside, if we're getting back to Elosha and what she's saying to Rosalind, do you, you, you said it, you scratched your head a little at this because of what exactly? Like, did you well, think it was me, a little ham fisted sort of like, is the show well, also, trying to convince us that she doesn't really give a fuck? I, yes, actually that's kind of it. That's kind of the part I struggle with is like the Alosha character, she's approaching Rosalind as if she is fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. Like she's just been a total like, mm-hmm. ah, you just had your head in the books and you don't care about anyone. And I'm like, I've never felt that way about Rosalind. <laughs> I've never felt, I have felt that she can be super cold and harsh, especially when it comes to Gaius Baltar and to, you know, Cylons. Like she's always, she's been one of the most cutthroat people when it comes to dealing with Cylons. She, I feel like she even has less patience for them than Bill in a lot of ways. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, when it comes to her interactions with other people, I'm like, 
I I think she's always been relatively fair, or at least that, even if she's doing something where I disagree with her decision, I don't think she's a piece of shit for it. I don't think she disregards people and doesn't care about people. Um, you know, she's been, I, I think it is true in the past season or so, she's been icier. Uh, for sure. And, and maybe. Because she's been single-minded. Of, exactly. Yeah. She's real. I mean, she's like, I can't remember the episode, but she outright said like, I am focusing on this. Like mm-hmm. I am focusing on the prophecy. I am fo- like, I am dying. And so it is time to to put my nose to the grindstone and make sure we're doing, you know, we are pointed in the right direction for all of the sake of all humanity. Um, but even that, like you could, you know, I feel like the show in this moment is trying to have Alosha be the, the person speaking this argument of like, see, you've had your nose buried in all these things and you're missing the, the love and the warmth of all the people around you. You don't care about people. But I'm like, well, in a sense, she cares a ton about people. She's dying. And instead of, you know, in, and instead of focusing on her personal life, she's still focusing on being the leader and like, all right, I got to make sure everybody else is safe and like point us in the right direction to get everybody to earth. And I'm like, that is, in my opinion, at least an act of of care of of at least Damn, some kind dude. of care and love and i'm like that to me i'm like that's how that, i think that's why i for one i know i have a fairly charitable view of Ross. no it's not that I, it's just uh, you used to be beautiful man now you're 30 you're pragmatic there's no more poetry in your life you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm just fucking that's with right you. I just, there's no colors anymore you, this, the it's fucking world's black, black and, and white. white now you fucking threw away all your fucking <laughs> All your all your uh, black and white comp books, all your poetry's been burned in effigy, and now it's just- turn that music off, put the <laughs> nose back on. <laughs> I just imagine that gif of Clint Eastwood in uh, Grand Torino. It's so good. He's like just that face he's making is so face. classic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, uh, but, but pragmatism aside, I I think this is why I. It's funny because I'm I'm saying pragmatism aside, but I'm using pragmatic analysis to get to the sort of poetic nature of what I think they're trying to say. So I know I'm being a bit contradictory. I'm just going to say that right up front. <laughs> but the pragma the the prag the, the meta pragmatism how's that is Ooh, I look at the beginning of the episode and I see Elosha and in the point she's putting forward, and because she's a spirit guide, she's not going to speak literally she's going to maybe speak in in generalities (laughs) and then i see the exact end of the episode which closes on her saying i love you to bill and then i look yeah no i think that's a good point right and now to think of it in that way beginning middle and end it's a fucking episode of tv it's written with structure and then i think about the poem that he's reading her at the end and um and i think him reading it to her is possibly causing her the self-reflection because even though she is doing what is necessary in, in, in making her fingers bleed in the process and possibly scarring people along the way by, by maybe, by maybe not reciprocating Adama's love. Maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe the beginning is Elosha presenting it. Maybe the middle is this, is this sea rider Falcon passage. And maybe the end is her sort of relenting and saying, I love you. That's that's me trying to embrace the poetry with prag with a pragmatic viewpoint of like beginning, middling, ending, and storytelling. But I don't really know. I'm just it's just an interpretation. I'm not saying it's 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 true. And 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 there's a lot of other very interesting interpretations that we've already discussed. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it's Elosha is almost taking on the role of uh, you, you said it exactly right. Like you're she's. Rosalind is the Ebenezer to to her being the ghost of Christmas past and Christmas future and Christmas present sort of all in one and saying, you know, here's the trail, 
And and what are you going to do about it? And we see what she does about it. She says, I love you. Right. And I mean, the only other bit of dialogue that I think of when I, when I think of how these sections connect with that moment at the end with, with Rosalind seeing Bill and finally, finally being like, yeah, I have, we have feelings for each other. Let's fucking acknowledge mm-hmm. that and, and be in love. Because how much time um, do we have? Exactly. Uh, but one of the things Alosha did say is talking about, you know, the, she's like the ancients thought that the body of, you know, the body of the people, the, the spirit of the people is as only as strong as the body of the leader. But then she sure. kind of goes on to, to elaborate as far as a little further of like, but that's not just, not literally talking about the physical body, the physical health, but like the spirit, the soul, the, the, the emotional well-being of the leader in a sense. So it's like, <clears throat> if she is giving up too much of her own just individual life and, and human concerns, and it's like, you kind of stop being a person and, and like, what kind of leader is that? And to me, I mean, like, I like that, that point, that point I like, because it's like, it reminds her of like, yeah, you can't stop being a person just to be the leader of other people. Right. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, come on, look at him. He's right in front of you. This gets to the, this gets to the, to the old adage of the walking dead, which is, you know, surviving is not quite living, is it? Right. It's, it's, it's right. similar in that vein. It's the same, it's the same league at least. You know, maybe not the same team, but they play in the same sport, <laughs> which <laughs> is true. we can survive and redline our adrenaline and our exhaustion, our stress, but to what end, you know, living has to be the end. Right. And right. If- and I think, I mean, again, that's why I'm still, I still have a view of Rosin that's like, I don't fully, I don't fully buy this idea that she's like been just such a cold, harsh, like removed person from everybody else because she's been so dedicated to this. I'm like, I do interpret her dedication to this as like she cares about people. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of the point, right? And I'm like, I don't know. That, that's what kind of bugged me about this whole like, you know, <laughs> the ghost walking around with Ebenezer Scrooge being like, see, you, you got to not be a piece of shit. And I'm like, I don't think she's been a piece of shit. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I, it, I, I don't think she's saying time. that. I think, I think I, it, it could yeah, just not be exactly, but I, what it might be. And, 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 and I don't want to think for you, but, but it's possible that because you interpreted it that way, that's, what's making it difficult for you. Whereas I'm sort of being more whimsy with it and saying, maybe this is more related to Bill Adama. You, you know what I mean? And, and that's, right. and she's almost saying like, it's it's a it's a cautionary spiritual jaunt through her <laughs> for, through her past. I don't know, you know what I mean. But I get what you're saying. Right. It's it's not you. It's hard to just straight condemn her to, to yeah. say you yeah. have been you have been an absentee leader, right? Right, right. And also, I mean, to be honest, I just find it weird that it's like I don't. I almost don't quite buy the idea that it takes Rosalind in a vision seeing Bill reading to her dying on, on her hospital bed to make her realize, oh, Bill loves me and I love him. I'm like, she knows that. But, but it may take, there's got to be something incredibly visceral about seeing your dying body in a hospital bed that makes you go, oh, holy fuck. For sure. I have no Oh, time. the image of that was fantastic. By that's the way. A, like that's her a, walking in. But I'm saying yeah. that's the kind of jolt to your system that may make you go, fuck, what What am I waiting for? Because this is right around right. the corner. Stop wasting time. Right. Yeah. Right. I think she's, yeah. I don't think it's a question of not loving Bill. I think it's a question of allowing herself to express it to him, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm still kind of struggling with it because I'm like, I know on New, uh, you know, there's that moment we got to see in the flashback on New Caprica where it's like they really were they were really starting to become romantic and like they, they, they she, already, 
they were that about each other. They were, yeah. but then she kind of ran from it on this religious quest. That's true. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, it, th- that's what I mean. I think everybody knows it's there. Elosha knows it's there. Rosalind knows it's there. Bill knows it's there. Just fucking embrace it, I think is the point. But, but yeah. yeah, I, you know, I, you don't have unfounded criticism. I get where you're coming from for sure. Right. Right. But uh, I just, I do also just think it's funny that every character in this show needs to be confronted with either their own or someone else they love's death to be like, I should care about people <laughs> like Starbuck, <laughs> you know, everything else. Like, oh, like, man, man, you guys forgot. Just be, be nice to each other. Shit. Yeah. There you go. Well, let's get over to um, Tiana. <laughs> just murderous Cavill. Oh, that shit was fantastic. It was what a so great awesome. moment. Uh, she just grabs him by his fucking neck and just cracks his skull against the side of the alien bathtub. I love how, I know, right? I love how she's just like, what are you doing? Why are you bringing me back? And <laughs> Dude, that was my favorite line in that entire scene. It's like, why'd you fucking bother, loser? Like, you won. Why are you so dumb as to bring me back? Uh, yeah. So fucking funny. Oh, and by the way, I'm just going to ram your head off the edge of this claw-footed xenomorph tub. <laughs> exactly. Just crack it. Um, I, oh, I, love, so I love her return. I love the idea of her sitting on information and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. So we, we both agree that some of the guy's shenanigans are goofy up front. I, I think I liked the, the Gaia stuff a little bit more than you as well between her and Rosalind. I think the scene's really powerful, especially, I mean, Mary McDonald. Is, is a great in this scene, like struggling with her humanity and then kind of realizing something in this moment, which is interesting because now as we're thinking about it, it you know, it could, could Elosha's lessons have rubbed off on her regarding her fucking mortal rival. <laughs> right. You know, right. she has this moment of, wait a minute. I mean, she was going to let him die. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty Absolutely. wild. Absolutely. But let's talk about this scene. The scene of him of him bleeding. Yeah, the two of them. He gets he gets hurt because the ship gets hit, and uh, he's he's uh, he's oozing, and she starts yeah. doing it. And I think Gaius has this feeling: I'm going to die right here. He's also yeah. he's also on morph, probably morphine. I guess is what they're trying to say. And um, he just kind of says, "Here's what happened." He calls her pretty, which is cute, and he starts to I say, loved that. "It's cute." Yeah. And he starts to stay. He he knows of God. Should we have a listen? Oh, yeah. Hit me. Do you know why I'm so sorry right now? You doped on your mind? Because I know God. You need God, Laura. <laughs> really, you'd be a different woman. I know God. Therefore, I know myself. The truth is, I was harboring the awful, desperate guilt. A heavy, dark, unimaginable, soul-breaking guilt. James Cowell's a good actor, man. Oh, he's so good. This will keep playing here. Now it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's been transformed. I have been transformed. Her, her look is amazing. What is your guilt about? <laughs> I have no guilt. What was your guilt about? This delivery right here, when he just lays it on her. I gave the access codes to the Cylons. They wiped out most of humanity. 
Because I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. Exactly, that's what I did. That's an important and when thing. I realized what I'd done. The magnitude. In that moment, I was saved. I was loved by God. Looking back through six and stuff. See, this is interesting because it it starts to, it's interesting to see him reflect on all of the stuff from the miniseries in the first couple of seasons because we always knew him as, he was, was he, was he terribly irresponsible with allowing somebody he didn't quite know close to him when he was in a sensitive position? Of course, it was a perfect ploy by the Cylons. They knew his profile. They knew to send his, this, you know, uh, a remarkably beautiful woman to to cause him to let his guard down enough for her to do her thing. And that's mm-hmm. a thing. You know, it's, I think the, the I think this is, the, the this type of doubt is the only way you can continuously make Baltar interesting. Because if it was just like, give me the access codes and I'll let you fuck me, we wouldn't find him that interesting. No. It's, yeah. you we're together and you have, without my knowledge, gained access to these codes because I thought you were this person doing this particular job. He was literally tricked. And it's funny to talk about him harboring this tremendous guilt regarding that because you would because of the horrific outcome of your negligence, right? Oh, yeah. He wasn't complicit. He was negligent. (laughs) There's a big difference. right? And, um, And it's funny to think about, he's been holding that shit for four seasons, you know? Uh, well, yeah. three, three and a half, really. And um, and it's funny to see him thinking, well, my life force is flowing out all over the floor. I'm probably going to die, and I'm just going to kind of say this. And I, and I think it's interesting that he's offering these parting words of wisdom to her. He's not playing an angle. He's not, he's just kind of saying, like, this is, this is what it is. And I'm finally going to say it to you of all people, of all fucking people. Yeah, the person who trusts me the least it's wild. and already thinks so low. It's wild, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, him talking about being saved, we've always talked about he would scoff at that notion because Six would always tell him, you have, there's something for you. There's something going to happen for you. This is special for you. Don't blaspheme, guys. And she would consistently make him understand not to tempt fate by doing things that would lead to his what looks like incarceration, possible conviction of collaborating with enemy Cylons to getting snatched out of the jaws of death by her when he would say, I'm sorry, I believe, I'm sorry, I believe, but he never really did. He always just said he did, or or he maybe he did in that moment and it wavered. But one thing we've seen this whole season out of this guy is this type of conviction regarding his beliefs. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, he talks a lot about like considering himself kind of the flood that that uh, the almost like the new flood that like wipes out humanity in order for the new thing to grow. Right, right, um, right. And I mean, and that's kind of what I was getting about as far as like for one, what I find super fascinating about the scene is essentially what you've already said of like the fact that he's pouring this out to Rosalind of all people, um, and 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 maybe even thinking in his mind like this might be the last thing I say to anyone, mm-hmm. like. Maybe should just go ahead and be honest and and say it, and and I even do find it interesting of how it like we really get a taste here for how he feels about his own religious conviction uh, sure. of like what it did for him, like what how did it help him, how did it make him feel, and we realize it released him 
from all of that horrible guilt, which when you look back on it, it makes total sense. Like he was so anxious and fearful all the time, partly because, yeah, he had a silo breathing down his neck that nobody else could Which is what see. made him interesting. Oh, totally. His duplicity also, made like, him interesting. <laughs> yeah, and but underneath all that, still the, the constant thought, like I'm sure he fucking wakes up at night going like, oh God, it was me. Like I, I it was me sure. and that six who, who tricked me that caused all of this. Like that's a, whew, that's gotta be heavy. I mean, he describes mm-hmm. it as a soul crushing guilt. Um, but I do think there is an interesting, and I mean, and I don't say it's bad. Like I'm, I don't, I don't mean to say this is bad, but it makes me wonder how the show thinks of him, and it's kind of why I think he might not make it to the end. Now, like I'm kind of thinking, nah, I don't think he does. Is this moment of like kind of still, and I think he's what I think is realistic about it is that it feels very subconscious. Like he's not even aware of exactly how he's saying it, uh, but being like, see, I'm the flood. Not only am I, like, he's not celebrating the fact that, like, look, it was finally understanding that there is a God who loves us and he's forgiven me and he's forgiven everyone. And like, it made it let, it allowed me to forgive myself and like, I can, I can move past this to just kind of like, I'm so important. See, actually the thing I did was a good thing. Like a little bit, like there's a little bit of a justifying there that I find so Gaius, like, you know, um, which I also find interesting, but it also makes me go, damn, like, are you ever going to fully get past that that quality in yourself? And I guess probably not. <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting, that's an interesting point. It's still, it's still fundamentally him. Right, right. That he's like, at the end of the day, he's still like, but in a way it was, what I did was kind of a good thing. I'm kind of special. <laughs> like, you know, like ooh, I get what you're saying mostly, guys, but that part's slightly gross, but it's also so you. Yeah, and he, he, he I think he, and, and I don't have the dialogue all in front of me, but I think he's also kind of saying God makes everyone perfect in, in what they are supposed to be. And because he, he's saying, I can right. give that to you. But yeah, he's talking about the flood, wipes it out. Nobody blames the flood, right? A flood is a force of nature. Right. And you know, and I do think you could take it from the context of he's essentially saying we were we are all unwittingly parts of this story and this destiny right. that we're all like pulled into. And he's like, and I unwittingly did my part, and that part was necessary. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I didn't choose it. And from that point of view, I'm like, okay. Like I, I see what he's saying it's, more, it's, more fully. To be frank, it's it's a lot of religious gobbledygook. But he's but what he's just saying is he's just saying God made the man that made that choice. It, it's, it, I think that's what he's saying. It's, do you remember the hand of God episode where he just sort of randomly points to the, to the target area and he's exactly right? Yes. That's, yeah. It's one of those things again, except that one was good. <laughs> Destroying humanity apparently is not good. <laughs> it appears to be a very terrible <laughs> I, thing. I, I being told we have sources telling us that the destruction of all humanity is uh, considered uh, what is that? Yeah, bad. It's a bad thing. But it takes a, it takes a tremendous amount of faith, I guess. Um, if we're to believe guys at face value on his literal deathbed, by the looks of it, for him to say something like, I, I had soul crushing, tremendous guilt about it. If we believe him saying that, because why wouldn't he, why, why, why what, what's there to gain in lying at this point? It just would make him so uninteresting, right? If yeah. we believe that yeah. that's true and that we also believe in his conviction, and if we believe his religious conviction is also true, then we're simply just realizing that here is a man who makes it very clear that he gave up the access codes unwittingly, that he had soul-crushing guilt about it, then he found God, and in his exploration and understanding of God, he came to realize that he is part of this bigger plan, as he's always been being told by Six, and that he has now by letting his guilt fly away, 
just sort of accepted his role in that plan. And it's giving him, it's made him utterly guilt-free. And it is something that he's saying that he would love for Rosalind to feel as well. And I know that's a generous interpretation, yeah. but he is kind of literally saying that. Yeah, now, no, that, that I, I totally agree with. Yeah. It seems shitty to just say, well, no, it's in God's hands now. But no, that's what he's saying, and that's his faith, and that's what many many different religions the world over say. You know, it's it's you hear this a lot with repentant criminals. Like, I've, I've, I've forgiven myself about this thing. I am now, uh, Jesus has saved me. And in, in this is what I'm going to do because what's the alternative, right? <laughs> right. What's the alternative? Right. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Beat yourself up forever. Flagellate yourself for all of time. Like, yeah. And maybe, maybe I don't know the answer to, yeah. to each his own, I guess. But, um, in this particular case, you know, we're not talking about a guy who fucking killed four young girls. You know, we're talking about a guy who's was a fucking idiot and, and his idiocy and his negligence costs untold amounts of lives, which is just yeah. terrible. Yeah, and totally. You would have guilt, and you should have guilt. But you're not a spy. You're not a collaborator, right? You could talk about his presidency on New Caprica. That's a whole different thing. But we've 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 talked about. I think we've got. A, I think we've got our fucking opinions pretty solid on guys at this point, and. Um, and this is just a new flourish on it with the faith piece, which has been really brewing in season four. Super. Yeah. Getting real religious with it. Getting real religious. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> Get religious with it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> so the space battle. Awesome. Oh, dude. Now that's, it's the most absolutely it's flawless part of the awesome. episode. It's fan fucking tastic. It looks amazing. <laughs> it looks so good. And I know I've said it before. But this is what? This came out and let's... Actually, no, I'm going to double check. I've got the, the summary in front of me. Uh, no, it first aired on television in 2008. So, uh, I mean, shit, we're over We're over 10 years now on this episode. Oh, yeah, this episode, and, right, of course. It started in 2003, right. 2004. But damn, dude, the effects hold up. Like, it held up so well. Even when they finally... I mean, I just think of a very brief rundown of the entire plan. The idea of so cool. basically... They know, you know, for one, the ship is jumping out of control. Like, they cannot control it. The hybrid's in control of that. They can't really communicate with it. That's why you they had some of those kind of it. silly... It's right, tied it into life those... support. You don't want to fucking disconnect her, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, you know, and thank God they have, uh, you know, uh, that six to be like, we're like, whoa, don't disconnect her. She's connected to all the systems now. We disconnect this. It's like the whole ship just dies and we all die. Like, that, that's that. This thing is on its own mission now. And it's the mission that the, the Cylon, you know, the rebel Cylons had already programmed into it to get all the way back to the main resurrection hub and destroy it. So that it's just on autopilot, in a sense, doing that mission. Um, and so they know after one of these jumps, they're just going to be right next to the resurrection hub. And the plan becomes, okay, the Cylons will pilot the heavy Raiders and they will literally with wire fucking tow cables, pull the Vipers behind them with engines off so they can't detect anything, you know, the, the, the enemy Cylons and then release them once they're close enough and they can zip in and essentially, well, for one, get Hilo and the six aboard the ship to actually remove Deanna and get her back to them, but then also straight nuke the main resurrection hub, thereby making all Cylons from this point forward mortal. 
which is Wild. massive. I mean, it's just so fucking cool. And just the shots too. And and the tension building of of when they they have to trust these mm-hmm. you know new rebel Cylon allies to pull you with a physical tow cable and to let you go. You have no control over mm-hmm. letting go of it. Like that those little aspects right there is just great writing. Like and and not and not just like writing in general but like great conflict slash action writing. You know, we are now it's not just a cool action scene with lots of explosions and bullets flying. We have these new we have a very tenuous alliance between former enemies and they, you have to also just blindly trust and have faith that okay, they're not just going to drag me into something and kill me. They're going to let me go at the right time. Uh, and that that like that having having to watch our human characters trust that and deal with that is also just a cool layer to the whole fucking thing. Yeah, man. Um, and and the zipping rockets, seeing the the, the trails in space, and the the I'll never get over how awesome it is to see like space anti air flak. You know, sure, whatever, sure. Just like, pop, 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 like taking out the missiles that are he- heading towards. Oh God, point defense. I can rave about that scene. Point defense. Oh, it's, yeah. whew, so fucking. Can we good. rave about awesome. how rad is? We only get to see a little of it. Our six in in uh, the Cylon Sharon uh, that she is a Cylon, duh. And Sharon, like their fucking black outfits. I wish no, we could have seen yeah, more of those. Sick. They look so awesome. You only Cylon get a li- skin job flight. Suits. Correct. Oh, fuck yeah. Look amazing. You only see them a little bit. I wish we could have gotten a full shot of that because I was like, God, she looks like such a badass in that shit. I know, dude. Yeah, I want a whole like ground mission episode with six in that suit. I'm like, fuck yeah, lurking through oh, yeah, the jungle. Yeah, we we can channel. see it a little bit. It, it's, uh, it reminds me of Dune. It reminds me of Dune. Ooh, yes, yeah, cool totally. Looking. The still suits. Yeah, ah, yeah sick. It's awesome. No, I love the whole look of it. But yeah, the the that that whole thing was incredible. And then of course, um, you know, we we never really we we kind of we kind of jumped off of the Roslyn thing with Gaius because the amazing moment of her being like, no, 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 live, live, live. That's huge for her. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That really is. That's a massive moment where she single-handedly could have allowed arguably the person she despises the most to just die, like not even directly kill him, but kind of have that, well, I just took my hands off, even though she is killing him. She removed his fucking bandage. That's a fucking Um, interesting thing that shouldn't be overlooked because this whole show has been them fencing. Yeah. Trial drugging him, incarcerating him, or him upending her, him being the president of New Caprica. I mean, in and then in this moment where he's he's dead to rights, she panics and she's like, I can't let this guy die for whatever reason. Right. It's interesting. <laughs> and she's well, feeling I mean, I something that's very emotional. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it is, again, it's kind of, for me, it calls back to the whole idea of this wider love that she kind of realizes she has for all of humanity. Because it's like, when you, it's something I like to think about with the show too, like a big, massive weight that I can't even imagine sits on the shoulders of people like Rosalind and Adama and even like Ty and all these people. If you're at that level of command in this world, you're not just in charge of a lot of people. You're the shepherds of your entire race. Sure. Like your decisions very may well directly decide whether your entire species lives or dies. Um, and for one, that's they do. Just be a that's terrible, been demonstrated. Terrible, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and that's for one, just a terrible burden that I can't imagine anyone would ever want. But also that's got to inspire some just some love for humanity inside of you. And like, I think that's part of what allows her to see past this is here, Gaius Baltar in front of me. And instead to see like, this is a dying, innocent person. I agree. Like, yes, he did something in the past, but he, he has 
you know, moved past that. We've all fucked up, and he's just now he's literally been found not guilty for it. Literally, right? Yes, he's been acquitted of that, <laughs> and he's now just literally a guy bleeding to death in front of you who's helpless. And it's like you're really like I think that's that wider view of her situation, and 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 you know the importance of just showing love to one another is part of like what makes her realize like oh no, this is awful. This is an evil thing I'd be doing. Like I can't do that. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking cool. It's cool to see her conscience kick back in, you know, where she's like, oh, God, what am I doing? Like, this is this is awful. He saved her life, too, at one point. Remember? With the whole, like, silent fetus blood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he directly saved her life. Yeah, yeah. fuck. Good, good pulling that back up. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this back into, back into, I'm glad you, 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 it's funny. I keep turning the microscope dial in and you keep turning it out. <laughs> so it makes for it's good true. it makes for a good episode zoom in zoom out zoom in zoom out because we're covering everything and it's funny it's because true. I think I like your point about it easing this well well let me just say, kind of say it in my own words which will probably echo your sentiments a bit but this idea of getting past the Gaius thing because when she's sitting with Alosha later she has such a sense of peace about her which then directly yeah. translates into the next scene with Bill when he comes to get her and you just feel like almost like this weight has been lifted off of her, much like this weight has been lifted off of Gaius. It's funny because in Gaius being mortally wounded and, and then snatched from what appears to be the the the, the, uh, the the you know the Grim Reaper, snatched from him, harvesting his soul, whatever, dying. Right, is that right. the easy way to say it? Is 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 <laughs> he said I want I can give that piece to you, and it's almost like inadvertently he has because she seems so at peace. When she's sitting right. with Alicia after, and then when she goes to see Bill, she has this just look on her face that's not, it seems very relaxed. It seems very different. And she's just a good actress, and it helps. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It'll be she's interesting finally to found see like, how it goes forward. Right, right. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, I think you could even interpret some of what Alosha says to her of like, you know, let go of focusing on your mission so much and, and care about the people you care about, like let yourself love them, but also let go of some of your like conflicts with individual people that you, your own just like biases against them. Like it just let go of that shit. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter in the long run. Um, you know, care about people. Yeah. So um, one other thing I want to talk about, uh, obviously the, I miss you, love you. Great scene, super touching, great music. That that's oh yeah, that's how you get them with that kind of music. Those kind of chords are perfect, right? Bear McCreary just killing it. These 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 types of chords. Let's have a listen. These kind of intervals and progressions. Those intervals give me goosebumps. Good stuff. And um, yeah, it's really good. And I mean, shit, Adama walking over in a flight suit fucking makes me swoon. Shit. For sure. He's, he's fucking, he braved the elements out there to go find you. Like that's, it's saying a lot, man. But um, God, this shit is romantic. Romantic yeah, as fuck. It is. <laughs> it's fantastic. It is. What do you think of, um, what do you think of uh, the... Again, the 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 moral stances of of Hilo not liking the duplicity of Rosalind at the beginning of the episode that came up in the oh, listener man. comments. You know, I am never going to turn against my boy Hilo. Yep. He's fucking right, dude. He's fucking right. 
Um, yeah. And I love that. I mean, again, it's it's one of those funny things where it's like because it's a show and because we're familiar, we're so familiar with all of these characters. They're all main characters to us. We kind of forget some things like this. And like, I think it really adds something to the fact. Like, you got to remember, this is just a soldier looking the in the eyes of the fucking president and going, "You're wrong. What you're doing is shitty and bad." Like. You shouldn't do this. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's duplicitous. Like we we are trying to forge some trust here with them. Like you know, and I think he makes some really fucking solid points of like we are. They are not going to give up their search for Earth. Like they are looking for it with the same fervor we are, and so we are inevitably, in some way or another, going to be on that trip together or sharing the planet itself together. Like that's where this is headed. Mm-hmm. So wh- when are we going to stop doing you know the the you know holding the knife behind our backs and start building some actual trust. Like, it has to start at some point, or else you might as well just fucking start shooting each other now. Um, and I think it's it's a solid point where he's like, we're going to have to share. Like, what, what are we doing? How, how much more, how many more times are we going to do this? But sure. that said, I also still admire the fact that he's like, you know, this is some shit that Lee wouldn't do. Lee is Lee is such a boy scout that he'd be like, "No, I will, I will tell the Cylons. I, it's the right thing to do." Like Hilo is still the type to be like, "I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, I fucking disagree with this. I think you're being wrong, and I want to air that. But also, I'm gonna follow my fucking orders. Right. Fine." And I'm like, "Ah, he's just such a good dude. I just love Hilo. He's great. He's fucking great, man. And I, what a great moment too to, to kind of add on to that where." That we get Deanna and Rosin getting to to talk and oh, and so Deanna nice. going, oh, I'm not giving up names. Yeah. All you, she's like, you guys being duplicit with me? No, I'm gonna hold on to, to this fucking gold nugget I have in my back pocket. You think I'm just gonna give that up, idiot? <laughs> like obviously, gold nugget, gold nugget at gold nugget at best and at worst a fucking uh, I don't know a lifeline because she's like, I don't trust True. anybody. I don't know what's going Can't on with the Cylons. Her. They're at fucking war. I don't know what was happening. I went to the temple. I got boxed. I come out. Dude. I see. I, I see fucking horses dancing and pigs flying. I don't know what's going on. So I'm gonna chill. <laughs> I'm gonna sit on my information and I'm gonna just wait this shit out, which is very strategic, Can, very smart. Oh hell yeah! Can't blame her at all for that. I mean, the the first thing she saw was the the Cylon who betrayed her and fucked sure. her over, waking her up, and now she's on the human ship at gunpoint. Like, okay, I ain't talking to nobody. Like, nope. I'm gonna sit <laughs> on my hands until I have a better read of this fucking situation. Like, what sure. is going on? For sure. And I'm like, yeah, she's fucking smart, man. You can see that she has that like fucking just panther, you know, lethality of like, no, I'm gonna be smart about this. You're not. You're not. You're yeah. not gonna just pull things out of me. Yep, she's good. I love her. She's great. Oh, she's, she's so kick-ass. Well, let's get to our uh, listener comments. Indeed, Arini. Um, We'll go to Tommy, T-Dog. I love the... T-Dog. Deanna has moved up on list of favorite BSG characters after this episode. I love the scene where Hilo and the eight uh, aboard the base star from the plan to destroy the Resurrection Hub, as well as retrieving Deanna. You gotta admit, it's a damn good plan, and when they also make a pretty damn good team. However... When the eight starts to give that massage and Markley admits she's an voyeur, it all starts to go down real fast. Uh, yeah, he's right about that. <laughs> Baltar's narcissistic tendencies know no bounds, as now Gaius is using his belief in the one true God to assuage his guilt over the destruction of the twelve colonies. I think we, I think I might not necessarily agree with T Dog on that, and I think I've covered that in depth on this episode. I, he's not. He's not, right. he's not, I'm not saying he's utterly wrong because there's clearly narcissism there to help him assuage him of his guilt. But the whole point, I think, of him saying it was that he had guilt forever about it until he sort of accepted God. Right. And I also do, I do think, um, t- 
to where I agree with you, I think he really is in this scene more so trying to offer it to Rosalind because he really does see that she fucking needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the flip side where I do kind of agree with D-Dog a little bit with the narcissism is how he kind of frames the idea of him being the flood. And he's like, see, I was just necessary. I'm like, ah, that's such a guy's thing to think. He, yeah, that's um, what I mean. He's not he's, totally wrong on that. Yeah, exactly. He's like, not totally wrong. Um, but, all, but also even to Baltar himself, I'm like, he's not, he's not totally wrong. But also, it's still just such a guyish way to frame it. A way like, to say it. It's God. the way he said it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that's oh, a yeah. thing, though. That's, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, most spiritual people I know, if they achieved some sort of what you would consider greatness in a classic sense, maybe wrote a best-selling novel and were featured on the New York Times bestseller list number one, and they were very religious, it, it, people I know that are religious would probably wouldn't say I was chosen because I was special. They would just say I was chosen and I'm doing what I'm chosen to do. They wouldn't yeah. then say it's because I'm special. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the guy's piece, right? <laughs> totally. Most people totally. with a strong faith that I know would just say, I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I, you know, I, are you special? No, God's special. I'm just here. That's what they would say. You know what I mean? Whereas right, Christ right. is like, no, 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 I'm fucking rad. God was like, this guy's rad. Let's hook him up. <laughs> God <laughs> made me his chosen one. God's like, I'm so rad. I'm going to make you the best. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, <laughs> if you say so, you weirdo. <laughs> um, oh, do, you want, do you want to read Jackie? I will read Jackie. Nice long comment from Jackie Hockey. She said, I am all about this episode, but it scared the shit out of me when it first aired. Roslyn projecting Galactica? That's Cylon-level shit. I mm. never let out a bigger breath than when Deanna starts laughing. Uh, <laughs> it's super dense with a future-determining space battle and some of our main characters reckoning with their biggest arcs. And I think, actually, Jackie sums some of these up very well, way, way more uh, concisely than me. Uh, Roslyn and the consequences of her dogged intent on playing the dutiful martyr. Indeed. Great way of saying it. Great way of saying that. Uh, Cylons, the eights in particular, grappling with the idea of individual personhood, Baltar and his role in the destruction of the colonies, Roslyn being confronted with the fact that she was right about Baltar, Hilo reckoning with whether uh, what he's been arguing about with Sharon is actually true. Is she a person or is she just a copy? Hmm. Ironically, Roslyn is the one to clear that up for him. You're not married to the entire production line. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) So good. Uh, Rosalind finally facing down her feelings for Bill about fracking time. Indeed. And I thought the uh, juxtaposition between Rosalind on the base ship and Rosalind with Alosha really did a good job in highlighting just how cold and detached she has become. She's witty. She's joking. You get a chance to remember that she hasn't always been so hard. Mary McDonald finally got a chance to stretch a little bit, and I am so here for it. That broken little hitch when she tells Bill that she loves him gets me every time. I like the cut of your jib, Jackie. It's good shit. Nice stuff. Damn good shit. You got uh, Marcus here. Yes, I was really annoyed when this first episode when when this first episode aired, but only because sci-fi spoiled the Rosalind's Asylum reveal that Deanna makes before revealing it was a joke in the promo for the episode. So I knew immediately Ugh. she wasn't because why would they spoil that in the preview? Ron Moore even mentioned in the commentary that he was upset about this. Anyway, great app. Love seeing humans and Cylons forced into working with each other. The attack on the hub gives us one of my favorite Bear McCreary comps. Resurrection Hub, yes. The piece is a bit melancholic, which is appropriate since it scores the death of Cylon Resurrection. I like your style, Marcus. He continues, little tidbit from the commentary track, Billy was supposed to be the one leading Laura through her visions, but the actor was unavailable. (laughs) 
So they replace him with Elosha. I think it's much more appropriate given she was Rosalind's spiritual advisor. 1,000% if I had to see that one fucking corn-fed goofball, I would have shit my <laughs> Did pants. Did I do it right? Am I fucking you right, D? Oh. <laughs> Did I do it? Amy. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't. That is such a weird why the hell did they think it should have been Billy? Like Jesus, what? That's a like. Thank God he wasn't available. What? The no, fuck? no offense, Billy. <laughs> no offense. I mean, I liked Billy as a character, but the idea of him appearing as a ghost, fucking spectral vision to to Rosalind and her time of need in the middle of jumping the lights. But like, what the fuck? No, that's silly. I'm sorry. That's silly. Yeah. I, I, that would have annoyed me. The, the, the only argument that can be made, in it, and I'm only saying it because it's fun too, is just that she did have a, a big connection with him, but not in oh, this sure. way. Not in this way, yeah. exactly. Too weird. I'm like, to me, I think it, it adds an interesting layer of, you know, we, we've talked about this before, and even a little bit on this episode, like the idea of is the spiritual aspects of the show, are the, are, are the deities supposed to be uh, real? Are we, is it stuff that characters believe in, or is it stuff that we're supposed to be like, oh yeah, in this universe, that's real. Like there are gods and, and things in this universe. And I think her being there, Elosha being the one to kind of, in a sense, come back, you know, yeah, as, yeah. As, as a spirit guide, I'm like, that adds a level of confirmation where I'm like, okay, it's it's real. Like, for me, that kind of, it's kind of been settled for a while. I, I feel like probably by latter the latter part of season three, I was like, okay, like there's definitely some level of actual God or gods in this universe. Like that they exist, they're real. They're, they have an effect on what's going on. And I think this is that final, like the show nodding at you, like, yeah, that shit's real. Like there's there are real spiritual elements returning to talk to our mm-hmm. characters. That's not just shit in their head. Um, and I think it, it it makes it really makes more sense that it's Elosha. Agreed. One thousand percent, sir. Yeah. I can't imagine fucking Billy in his little suit is like Paisley tie. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Silly. Silly. Well, um, this was a great Great discussion. I had a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back at Battlestar Galactica. Hell yeah. Um, there's oh, so, so much close to the finish line. so much going on with this show that I'm glad that this is my third up uh, on my from my brief hiatus. I had a little practice Dude, in me. For real. I know you've been crushing <laughs> it, man. So yeah, my hat's off to you, man. I know you I know you well, did uh, I knew you did an episode uh, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. So I know you've been <laughs> I appreciate your uh, your hard work. Uh and um you know, I know I know you're um your midnight double feature episode was like sixteen hours long or something. So I know you've been, <laughs> a couple days long. I know you've been really working on it. hammering away, and I love those guys. I'm just another, two more recording balls. sessions will be done with it. Finally. I'm just busting their balls. <laughs> uh, shit. But uh, uh, so uh, a couple of things. Uh, what came up during the show was the whole mid season thing and why I got confused. So here's the deal: next week's episode. Excuse me. In two weeks. We will be covering Revelations. Revelations was considered a mid-season finale, and some big shit happens. Oh, shit. And then you have the second half of season four after that. Um, so Revelations is next. It's the 10th episode of the fourth season. Um, is that accurate? IMDb never so. lines up the same. Yeah, oh, dude. Episode, no- I have a story to tell you off air about that, but episode numbers are fucking weird. Everybody mixes them up. It's because of, it's because of um, the the miniseries was rolled, it was considered episodes one and two of season one. It's so stupid. Oh, so frustrating. So stupid because season one, episode one is 33. It's not miniseries part one. Right. Stop it. Right. Knock it off. The IMDB it. has it right. Um, okay. So yeah, Revelations is coming. That's going to be 
huge. It's going to be tense. It's going to be huge, (laughs) intense, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that shit. So looking forward to covering Revelations in two weeks. If you have thoughts that you want to share about Revelations, join us on the Facebook group. All you got to do is search uh, Recommissioned LSG. You'll find it. It's easy. Hell yeah. Request entry. Jump on in and and, uh, you can post on the episode when we put the the pre-show up on it. So... Anyway, I think we are good to go. We've said everything we need to say. I think we covered our interpretation of the passage from Sea Rider Falcon. Cool name, by the way. Indeed. Sounds like a Clive Cussler novel. Who just passed away, I heard. He, the guy, he did- Oh, like, shit. Yeah, he did all those like underwater books. <laughs> it's like a dude with a with like a ponytail and a harpoon gun. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? He did like all I those do. books with like submarine <laughs> stations. Like, like Navy you know. SEALs and shit, yeah. No, no, not Navy SEALs. No? Really? No. I think I'm the wrong guy. You, okay. think you definitely got the wrong guy. You're thinking Tom Clancy. He was doing Rainbow Six. I'm, th- mm, I'm going to have to look up this book cover. <laughs> but yeah. No, he does like, here's some of the titles. Cyclops, Treasure, Dragon, Deep Six, Vixen Three, Raise the Titanic, Iceberg, Trojan Odyssey. It's all like nautical themed. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. My my friend really liked him. Oh, uh, yeah. He passed away February 24th. 80, 88 years old. Old bugger. Damn. So, so um, why did I why did I bring him up? I have no idea. Doesn't matter, though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> Don't uh, matter, though. Yeah, probably something to do with something I just forgot, because I'm just sort of, sort of mindlessly speaking at this point, so I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a wonderful evening. Thanks to all the listener comments. And uh, for your con- consistent participation, you guys are the best. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Goodbye. Goodbye.